to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Kickstart that engine and roll thunder with the pack. Explore the grittiness of masculine spirituality. Gain traction in the virtues. And soup up your spiritual engine by turning adversity into adventure. Now, here's Bear Wozniak. Let's ride. Aloha and welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And the coolest thing about having a show like mine is that you get to interview anybody you want to. Uh, people really dig the fact that there's millions of people listening to the show. So people who would never even say hi to me on the street will, uh, will uh, come, to, come and be on my show. So it's been really, it's really a cool ride. And we have as our guest today, though, uh, someone I have to put up with, with almost all the time. He's one of the best friends I have in the world. He's, uh, he's uh, kind of part of our ministry. We speak together different places. Uh, we just went down to uh, the Fort Lauderdale area at the Man Up Conference at Pembroke Pines, and my guest and great friend Gerard Middleton was one of our speakers there. So, Gerard, welcome to the show. Aloha. Aloha, Bear. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Should I tell him about how good-looking you used to be or, or no? <laughs> this... I just keep getting better looking. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, he just gets getting keeps getting better looking this guy uh he's a champion stand-up paddler and anybody who knows what it takes to be a champion he's a champion stand-up paddle surfer he's also a champion when it comes to distance paddling and winning races he's the main judge for stand-up paddling on the east coast and he's one of the main reasons why there is stand-up paddling uh, on the east coast because he came to hawaii fell in love with the stand-up paddling and brought it here how many years ago was that gerard when you first brought sup to the east coast uh, I, I was exposed to it, I guess, maybe 12 years ago. Yeah. 13, maybe, I don't know, 2005, 2006. Yeah. So count on your fingers. How many is that? It's 12 <laughs> years. No, 12 but, years. No, but you, uh, it, when you saw this uh, stand-up paddling for the first time, it was like, dude, I got to do that. That's the next big thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, a friend of mine had gone to Hawaii and uh, visited Laird Hamilton and his wife there, and he came back. I was on Miami Beach, uh, just finished up surf lessons for my surf school, and the conditions had gotten rough. And so everybody was off the beach, just me and some boards. My buddy came out with this really big board and a custom wood paddle he got from Hawaii, and he started paddling, standing up and paddling. I'm like, what are you doing, Rick? And uh, he said, yeah, Laird, those guys are doing this over in Hawaii. And uh, the lights just went off in my head. Wow, this is you know going to be huge, and and I immediately started pursuing it uh, and pushing the envelope on the sport. So, yeah, yeah, you know, in Hawaii, it's it's always been done. It's been, in fact, probably surfing started with stand up paddling because it was probably somewhat related to an outrigger canoe. Uh, right. And we've always done it in Hawaii, although it got to the point where there was only a few guys in in uh, Waikiki that did that. Uh, the Achoi family was one of them. And we used to think it was just for the older guys and it looked like it was easy, but that is stand up paddle surfing is an incredible workout, isn't it? It's about it's about the best workout I think a human being could do as far as an all around workout. Yeah, it's great cross training and it can be as easy or as hard as you want to make it. And you know, if you're on flat water, it's so easy on the knees and hips, your feet are in place and you're using your body mechanically correctly, you know, it's all core driven and and it's on the water, so balance and that centering effect the water has. It's just a great sport and uh, so versatile. You don't 
you know, the cool thing is you don't have to have waves or even be on an ocean. All you need is a river, a lake, a pond, <laughs> and you can stand up paddle. You know, I prefer to stand up paddle now almost exclusively unless I'm tandem surfing or the wave faces like the other day here um, with the nor'easter sending swells here in Florida. You really couldn't paddle out on a subboard. You had to prone paddle to get through the, the sets. Or in Hawaii, like an 18-foot wave on a subboard is fun because you don't have to, um, you don't have to uh, paddle through the sets to get there. You can go through the deep channels. But anywhere like 15 to 18 feet is really fun on a subboard. After that, then I, I prone paddle water. There's a lot of guys that sup paddle into 25, not a lot of guys, but there are guys that sup into 20-foot-plus surf, you know. So I, mm. I love it. It's, it makes me feel so great, and I really suffer here in Florida because uh, and next winter I'll definitely be wintering in Hawaii because I don't like to wear a wetsuit, so there's a lot of days when I don't get to go out and sup. And yeah. uh, I suffer, don't you, <laughs> when you don't get to surf? Yeah, you get spoiled in Hawaii. and uh, I mean, Florida... East Coast has waves, and it's yeah, okay. we do. We do That's have what, waves. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like the you know Hawaii or the Indonesia. Or, you know, the more I, I travel out there and surf, the less I want to surf back here. It's just <laughs> completely two different animals. Yeah, you just stayed at my house in Waikiki, and you know, I have that. I have that. Uh, I call it, uh, the eighteen-hole golf course right in front of my house. Uh, you paddle out, and there's basically nine reefs between my house and uh, and uh, the Alamoana, um, you know, harbor. And so I'll go out, catch a wave in one reef, stand a paddle to the next reef, stand a paddle, and then come back. So it's kind of like playing the front nine and the back nine. But but mm-hmm. it is a great workout, and anybody that's interested should contact Gerard at SobeSurf.com. Uh, he leads these incredible tours here, and he also has uh, coaches that will coach you in surfing. But he does these, this one thing in particular – that he does here in the heat of the summer where it's the bioluminescence uh, out on the river where you take them out at night. Uh, describe what that is, and then maybe we'll talk about my my encounter I had with you when I was out there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's truly a wonder of the world. I lived in Central Florida most of my life and never knew it existed till you know, who knows, like five or eight years ago. And then we immediately started doing tours, and it's, it's as good as anywhere in the world right here in Merritt Island, Cocoa Beach. Um, it's basically when the water gets warm enough, the dinoflagellates, like a single celled, uh, organism, they light up whenever they're aggravated and there's millions and millions in concentration. And so anything that moves in the water makes a bright light. I mean, literally a really bright light. It's like Fantasia in Disneyland or something. It really is. It's like a dream world. And then, so there's thousands of fish you know, it's shallow water where we paddle. So thousands of little fish called mullet. And they think you're a dolphin coming to eat them at night. So they freak out. So when you're paddling through all these fish, it's like thousands of streaks of light going everywhere underwater. And even jumping on your board and everything. And then yeah. <laughs> the occasional dolphin will come through and strafe them. And that's all a light show. And, and then, uh, of course, as you learned, uh, there could be manatees sleeping that you don't want to run over. And they're not little bitty puppies, are they? No, Those manatees are huge. Uh, like thousand pound creatures, just amazing. Big, loving animals. They weren't loving to me. <laughs> I, I, but, I, I, I describe from your vantage point what you saw happen to me. Well, I warned everybody before they went out. <laughs> if you're paddling in the shallows and you see something that looks like a big canvas floating in front of you that's not a canvas that's a manatee so don't you mean stay away from them 
Robert, of course, charges up in the shallow water. And all of a sudden, the fireworks go off, and he came up upon a bunch of manatees. And if it's shallow, they can't go down. So it just makes, you know, these giant creatures trying to get away. And, of course, uh, if the tail hits your board, it knocks you and the board up in the air, which is what happened to Bear. So lots of fun to watch. (laughs) I'm so glad it happened to me, but I never want to happen again. I would say I launched about six to eight feet in the air with that that thing. My board... Uh, wasn't leashed to me, so it was a good 30 feet away. It's probably good it wasn't leashed to me. The manatee could have gotten tangled in it, and uh, I might have been drugged underwater. But, uh, yeah, it launched me way up in the air. He said it looked kind of like a and – it's, and it's all lit, lit up. I'm lit up. My board's lit up. The water's lit up. And then didn't they all kind of come towards you guys? Didn't it look like about a dozen torpedoes heading your way? Yeah, or it looks like giant torpedoes coming. It's like two feet of water, and they're, you know, giant creatures. So it's it's a truly a, a, a magnificent – scary thing to see yeah yeah well i'm i don't ever want to have it happen to me again but gerard middleton this is my my good friend we've got to know him really in the last probably six or seven years since i brought tandem surfing out to coco beach and uh and then i gradually ended up spending most of my time out here uh gerard and i have just i don't know there's just a real we have breakfast together we often we surf together uh we've shared a lot of blood sweat and tears together too the 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 the, uh the rugged times in our lives, and Gerard is also um, a cast member. A long ride home. You see him surfing in episode one of season one. Uh, but you're, but uh, Gerard is uh, now ministering with me. We we went down and spoke to the Man Up conference down in Pembroke Pines, and it really made me kind of angry because I'm down there trying so hard, giving my talks, and then when Gerard's done, he gets standing ovation. So, what's up with that, Gerard? <laughs> I'm not sure, but... uh, You're not supposed to get a standing ovation inside of a church. <laughs> yeah, it was it was beautiful. I, you know, I, I, with all that I've done and my, and my uh, degrees and my ministry years and life experience, you know, my heart's desire is really to minister like that and, and just public speaking and encouraging people and then to get up and and do what I feel I'm really called to do and fulfill that and using my gifts to their highest and best purpose and sharing my life experience and, uh, and, and feeling the, that, that really helped a room full of men. Yeah. It, it had uh, a great, it had a great impact. We're talking with Gerard Middleton. We're going to come back in a few minutes and we're going to start going deep into what makes this guy who he is. Um, he uh, was a Southern Baptist minister, uh, mm-hmm down in uh, the University of Miami. He was the chaplain for the national champion baseball and football teams. And uh, we're going to come back. We're talk a little bit about what that, what you learned from that environment about the process to, uh, uh, toward, to, towards moving towards success in that area. Uh, but now Gerard is on his way to becoming a Catholic. He's going through RCIA and, uh, and I couldn't be more excited about that. So we'll talk a little bit about that journey too. This is the Bear Wozniak adventure Go to deepadventure.com, and you're going to find all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, my best-selling book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and my latest book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue, is there. And we have all, all kinds of long-ride home gear, patches, pins, coffee cups, T-shirts, all kinds of stuff like that. So we'll be right back. This is Bear Wozniak with The Bear Wozniak Adventure.
Go to BearWoznik.com and get your free stuff. Bear will send you the audio of his fiery call to the wall talk, challenging men to step into the breach and rebuild the walls of the home, the church, and our society. You get a free ebook of it too. Go to BearWoznik.com and click on Get My Free Stuff. This is a warning. The Bear Wozniak adventure is dangerous. The radical change Bear challenges you to is not for wimps. Change this station to a soft rock station before it's too late. You've been warned. Now, here is Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome back to the Bear Wozniak adventure. Uh, I'm your host, Bear Wozniak. We believe at Deep Adventure Ministries that the most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. And God's will is wild. Uh, God is wild. He's uncontrollable. Uh, he's, someone, he's someone that you can't, uh, you can't put inside a box. God is who he is, not who we think he is. He's exactly who he is. And he require, re, requires of us, uh, he asks of us, uh, he created us for a relationship for him. And if you're going to be in relationship with the God who created quasars and the God who created uh, uh, dinosaurs, the God who created big surf, the God, God who created lions and bears, uh, then get ready for a ride. And so the most, the most fun you can have in life is to surrender yourself to God's will, which is the same as to say to surrender yourself to God's love. So uh, we love you, Lord, and we thank you for my, my good friend Gerard Middleton joining us. He is the president and founder of SobeSurf.com. He has places in Miami and in Cocoa Beach where uh, people can uh, can uh, come and uh, learn how to stand up paddle surf and go on some of his uh, wilderness excursions, especially that uh, the excursion at night with the bioluminescence that we're talking about. But Gerard Middleton, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Bear. Glad that you are here. Hey, uh, for those who are watching on Facebook Live and on uh, on YouTube Live, uh, we, we this goes out to millions of people by radio, but... Some people get to actually watch it being recorded live, and then sometimes they watch it uh, afterwards on uh, on Facebook. And uh, also, it's available on all kinds of podcasts. If they're watching that, they're seeing this beautiful little girl in your lap. Her, uh, her name is Audrey, and uh, and uh, we're glad to have you on the show, Audrey. Aloha, glad you're there. But Audrey is the Audrey's probably one of the few little uh, year and a half year old kids we could have on the show because she's so sweet, sweet and so quiet. Gerard, yep. tell us about tell us about um, tell us a little bit about what just happened with you uh, finding your your birth mom. I think it's an incredible story. Yeah, that's a great story. I was adopted at birth, um, and you know, I had great great godly parents. Uh, but you know, as I don't know about other people, but when you're adopted, you always have the question in the back of your mind. You know. Uh, who was my mother and dad, my birth mother and dad, and what happened and what were the circumstances. And, and um, you know, uh, it came to a point where I was ready to really try to find them. So a customer came in my shop and said that they went on uh, Ancestry.com and did the DNA spit test, and they found a sister they didn't know they had. I thought, hmm, that sounds good. So it was about two years ago. I started the process, and uh, – found my mother's aunt, our sister, my aunt, and uh, her son. They had been separated at birth. Uh, my mother had been adopted out when she was like two years old. So uh, we found my aunt, 
And uh, she didn't know, you know, where my mother was. They hadn't communicated in over 70 years. Try to make a long story short, after about two years, things progressed. Uh, my aunt was on her deathbed, Betty, uh, from lung cancer. She was in hospice. And all of a sudden, uh, my birth mother's son, who didn't know anything about his grandparents and wanted to find out about his heritage, had done the DNA test. And it showed up that I had a half-brother out there. And so I, I messaged him. He called me back. Within 24 hours, my mother was calling me on the phone. Judy. Wow. That's yeah. Like but get this. Uh, my Her sister, who she had been separated from for over 70 years, uh, regained consciousness long enough for, for Judy to call and talk to her sister on the phone. And then... And then her sister, uh, my aunt Betty, passed away shortly after, a few days later. And this is just a month or so ago, right? Just before the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, oh, and then, and then, yeah, and then your mother shows up at your house on, on Super Bowl Sunday, right? That's right, yeah. She's a great big football fan. Yeah, so that's that good have... DNA. That's good DNA right there. <laughs> that's right. A lot of amazing stories. Uh, on my father's side, we found out who he was, and, and he had one daughter. She lives in St. Pete. And he didn't know uh, he didn't know I existed. So uh, and he passed away in 2012. But his only daughter, Noreen, has a geology degree from the University of South Florida. So do I. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We also just found out she came and visited me for the first time uh, this last Sunday, and her and her husband were married on November 10th or November 9th. Now, my wife and I were married in the Philippines on November 10th, which is same November day. 9th. Yeah. Yeah. When, United you, States. yeah. when you look at the time zone. Same day. <laughs> coincidences. Yeah. Well, you know what? The thing is about this is you love your mother, your, your adopted mother, and you were very close with your adopted father. Wasn't he a Southern Baptist minister? Or Yeah, R.B. Middleton. He was a living legend. He was a godly man. And, and, uh, he was at a church in Lakeland for over 30 years on staff as a music minister, then senior adult pastor. And, um, and you guys yeah. hunted and you guys hunted and fished together and just had the about one of the best father son relationships I've ever heard of, you know, and and this yeah. is a this is an adopted uh, you're the, you're their adopted son. And this is uh, going back to the, the, the you know, the thing about us as Christians where says that we're adopted. Uh, the Bible says we're adopted into his family. In Hawaii, you know, the adoption is the, the adopted child is considered more precious than the birth child. Uh, the adopted child is called the Hanai child, and they're actually me members of of royalty um, in Hawaii are uh, are actually uh, um, were adopted or Hanai. So share with us a little bit what your thoughts are about uh, that we've been given the spirit of adoption. Yeah, it's. And it's a hard question because, you know, the fact that, you know, I have all these questions, but I look and look back and understand that it was for my best, you know, and now that I know all the circumstances, it was best that I was put up for adoption and then, um, and then brought back around to my birth. This was a birth mom later in life at the perfect timing, but, uh, everything God does is, is perfect in our lives too. And, and he, you know, the Bible tells us and Jesus told us that, you know, we're not slaves 
uh, we don't serve God because if we don't, we're going to go to hell. Uh, and we're not, we're not servants. We're not uh, mercenaries, you know, it says in the catechism. Uh, you know, we don't do it just so we can go to heaven, you know. And, but uh, we love God and serve him because he's our daddy. And, uh, and we're his kids. Uh, we're, God, we're God's spark. We're God's children. Uh, and his love for us does not depend on our good or bad decisions yeah. in life. It just depends on the fact that we're his children, period. And so understanding how, how, how dear we are to our dear father and how much he hid the depths of his love for us, the depths of his forgiveness for us, uh, it really humbles us and helps us to walk humbly with God, but also to walk, walk in a spirit of, wow, I am worth a lot to God. Incomparable worth. person, yeah. Worth so much, you know, like one of my favorite parables, as you know, Jesus about, told about the priceless pearl, you know. Said the kingdom of God is like a merchant who found this beautiful pearl, and and upon finding it, he sold everything he had and to buy the pearl. And, and uh, you know that's us. We're that pearl. So uh, to really believe that about yourself, that you're really that valuable. You know that you're not just a worthless thing, and it's all about God. God made it all about us so much that He gave His only Son to redeem us, to reconcile us. To, to get us back into the family. So yet this whole time we've been recording, little Audrey's been in Gerard's uh, lap, uh, one-and-a-half-year-old one and girl, and she feels so comfortable there, and that's the way uh, we need to be. When Jesus spoke of his Father, which really was not, God God was not spoken of very much as, as a father back in those days. Uh, he was almost unapproachable, uh, someone that you couldn't even say his name. And, uh, and uh, Gerard just referred to him as Daddy, and when Jesus spoke, uh, taught us to pray, Abba, Father. Uh, Abba is really the first word a little child calls uh, their father. When I bet when I've been in Israel, you hear the little children say, Abba, you know, Dada, you know, Daddy. So that's how intimate our relationship with the Lord uh, God wants us to have uh, with Him. We've been talking with Gerard Middleton. He's a champion stand-up paddle surfer, uh, stand-up paddle racer. He's one of the head judges for stand-up paddling here on the East Coast. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, He's actually, I can't tell the name of the sponsor that you're sponsored by, but it's a Hawaiian beer company. And uh, he's famous for being sponsored by this beer company and me not being sponsored by them. And his other big claim to fame is he was holding one of their signs to hang it up in his surf shop, and it fell on his toe. And actually, you kept your toe, but you missed out on the big, on the, on the huge, huge event we were having in Hawaii. You came out anyway, but you couldn't surf in it. But uh, his claim to fame is that his beer, his beer company sponsor sign fell in Almost took his toe off. We'll be right back. This is Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure.
Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 79. You know, I'm a private pilot, and I was doing my check ride. I was about to get my license. Flew from the island of Oahu over to Lanai, took off from Lanai, went over to Molokai with my instructor next to me. We landed in Molokai, and he said, turn it around and let's go. So I spun the plane around, and I really, frankly, wasn't quite ready. I didn't have my li- I just didn't feel set like I had my lines up all, all, all correct. But he said, go, so I went, which is really not right because I was the pilot in command. It was my choice when to go or not to go. And I put down full throttle, and right away the plane started uh, edging towards the left of the runway. Now, airplanes, propeller-driven airplanes have a tendency. They have a left-turning tendency. They tend to want to go left because of the rotation of the propeller. And so as we're, I've got liftoff, and you know what? There's a sign coming up that I'm pretty sure I'm going to hit. And my flight instructor grabs a plane and fixes what I had, hadn't been able to do. And we take off, and he goes, I hope you don't mind if I took care of that little situation back there. When you hit uh, a sign like that on the runway, there's all kinds of paperwork and stuff you have to fill out afterwards. So hope you don't mind if I did that. But we are meant to fly. God gave us a spirit. We are meant to fly. But we have left-turning tendencies. We have something in us, a fallen nature, original sin, that makes us kind of want to turn aside. And you have to always alter uh, your course. You always always have to uh, fix your direction. And so I'm challenging you today, as you're, as you're flying in your little Cessna, to keep your compass, keep your headings, keep your direction on the Lord. All through the day, you're going to have tension and things that are going to want to pull you away from the direction God has for your life. Keep your center of peace. Keep your eyes on Him. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 79. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. This is a warning. The Bear Wozniak adventure is dangerous. The radical change Bear challenges you to is not for wimps. Change this station to a soft rock station before it's too late. You've been warned. Now... Here is Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. I'm very fortunate. A lot of the people that I've gotten to interview have become my friends over time. But in this case, I'm interviewing a friend of mine uh, who, I've, who I've actually, I think this is his second or third time on our radio show. He's a dear friend. Uh, uh, a year ago, we did it for a whole year where every, every day we would text to each other. I did my 60 push-ups. I did my 60 crunches. I did my 60 minutes of prayer. Uh, he's a, he lit, he, he, his prayer time uh, lasts, it, it gets longer and longer every day. He's an ordained Southern Baptist minister that's on his way to becoming a, a Roman Catholic and uh, going through RCIA right now. And uh, Gerard is also, uh, also uh, speaks with me when we go to men's conference. He's one of my co-speakers, and he's a cast member of Long Ride Home. So Gerard Middleton, welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Thank you, Bear. Good to be here. Hey, can you, for those who are watching on Facebook Live, can you show us your world, your national championship rings? Are you wearing any of them? Yeah, this is uh, one of them from 19, oh no, 2001 baseball championship. And so I know, oh, that's there. great. Yeah. I know you have some others. You have a national football championship ring too, right? Yeah, I have another baseball one, and uh, I'm supposed to have the football ring, but uh, the other chaplains had agreed not to get them, so I'd unwisely along with him back then yeah so what we're talking about is that gerard was the chaplain of the miami hurricanes football and baseball team back when they were winning those national championships hey how come since you left they haven't won any more championships i guess it's 
Must be because of you. Hey, tell us what you learned about uh, what it takes to be a champion, and and our call is our, our call as Christians to be a champion for Christ. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I learned a lot about that just watching um, those teams, especially. You know, I was there with Butch Davis. Uh, I was a chaplain at the university, and then Butch Davis brought us in and then encouraged me to stay working with the team along with other chaplains. Um, but yeah, just to see him come into a, an undisciplined program, they were under, uh, uh, you know, scholarship reduction and everything from the from the coach before him, and uh, him put up, do the things necessary to set the stage for that team to become champions a few years later. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, you set the bound, you know, you have, well, I, I call it the three P's, the purpose, passion, and the process. Three P's of a championship lifestyle. And so no matter what you're doing, whether you're a school teacher or a radio uh, show host or whatever you're doing, how can you become a champion in what you're doing the best, the best at it? And, you know, the, the purpose, the team always knew that national championship was the goal you know that was never in doubt like in baseball every day after practice the last thing the team would say together was Omaha and then go to the locker rooms Omaha was where the last eight teams standing at the end of the season went to the college world series every day Omaha 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 every game they play the song Omaha you know and just kept that purpose before them and, and uh, football the same way and then the passion you know, you can uh, – I heard Coach Davis say at, at the team meeting at the end of one of the practice, he goes, you have great practice. He goes, you, you know, your guys are ready. He goes, that gives you a chance to win. It doesn't guarantee you a win. Just because you're more as talented or more talented and well-practiced. And what he's saying is uh, you got to have the passion too. And different players on the team uh, really stoked each other's fire, you know, fired everybody up. God-given emotions. God gave us emotions for a reason. When we stoke those emotions in the right way, it helps us be committed to our purpose and also to the third P, the process. So the process is where it comes down to what you do and don't do that makes you a champion, uh, the disciplines, you know. And for the spiritual life or for any part of life, what you put, what you watch or don't watch, what you, what you feed into your eyes, what you feed into your ears, what do you listen to or don't listen to, um, who you hang out with or who you don't hang out with. Um, you know, being very deliberate in your life to go through the disciplines that allow God to just bless your socks off, you know, just use you in great and mighty ways. It doesn't earn God's favor. God favors you perfectly from the beginning because you're his child. Wow. But what it does is it allows God to take you places you could never dream of. Hey, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. I got goosebumps. <laughs> Preach it, bro. Keep going. Tell me more. That's so awesome. Yeah, so eyes not here and ear uh, not heard and what the Lord has in store for those who love him. I mean, that's what God wants to do to his children, for his children. But he can't. you're not going to give a car to a three-year-old and let him drive it. Uh, so you've got to mature, and you've got to do the disciplines that make you mature in your faith. And, and provide the, the platform to become a champion in your life, whatever that is, whatever whatever God has gifted you to do the rest of your life. So three Ps. You went over that pretty fast. I mean, I remember 
the other day we were we were uh, we were I think we we're having breakfast or something, and I was saying there's just this one person in my life that I pray for, I care about them, but they tend to kind of bring me down. You know, uh, I don't know how to say it. And you made you made a comment that you know there's some people that you really can't have in your life. You you, you become like the people you hang around. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Psalm one talks about that, and you were, I think you made the what was the statement you made about he's, he's not, not on. A, He's not on your championship diet. Yeah, talk to us about that, this whole concept of the, what is the cha- what do you mean by the championship diet? Well, just like what I said, what uh what you what you watch, you know, the, the TV and movies that you watch, uh are they full of violence or sex or uh worldly thinking, you know, the the deceiver, you know, wrote the script basically or uh or are you watching things that inspire you, you know, it, 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 you know, that's why I love sports. You can watch a great team do great things and it inspires you. And you listen to the players going, you know, thank God we were a team together to work. That's inspirational as well as podcasts like this show, or, or, uh, there's a lot of powerful podcasts out there and teachers. Um, and then of course, what you talk about a lot there is, Making sure you're med- you're meditating on God's word day and night. Yeah, that you're spending time in prayer in the mornings and, and really an attitude of prayer throughout the day. Uh, the Bible promises God promised us if you meditate on His truth day and night, you will be successful. One plus one equals two. It's not complicated, but it does take effort to do the disciplines. It doesn't take effort to be have your sins forgiven or, or have, be saved, you know, or be a child of God. That's something God does for you, period. But for you to, to become a championship vessel, uh, you know, you get up, spend time in the word, uh, memorize awesome scriptures. Jeremiah, uh, you know, it says, uh, I know the plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to hurt you, said, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's a pretty good scripture to meditate on all day, right? Uh, blessed, another one in Jeremiah 11 says, blessed is the one whose trust is in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. And then uh, the more you mature, the more you have that peace and joy, even when you're going through some stressful times. And, uh, you know, it's life. You're going to be going through some hard times. And embrace them. And yeah. embrace them. Yeah. You know, I, I this yeah. Two scriptures come to my mind right now. One is from uh, the book of Sirach, where it says, My son, if you aspire to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for an ordeal. For the chosen man is proven in the furnace of much humiliation. But fall into the hands of God and not into the hands of man. For who is whosoever has ever trusted in God and been left forsaken. So, yeah, there's going to be adversity. I mean, look at I, I look at the Baylor Bears, my football team. Every day they show a little thing from their, their workouts, even before spring training. These guys are screaming and yelling and running and going against, going, you know, doing resistance training, right? That's what life is. To build muscle, you have to break down the muscle fiber, and that takes uh, that takes that takes uh, resistance training. Um, and the other thing is, there's a verse that says uh, in Habakkuk that says, "Write this vision down in words big enough, so the one who's reading it can run while he's reading." So, in other words, it's like, write this down, and this messenger is going to run from city to city. And yell out this message to the people as he runs through town, uh, and and this really and it's and it says this: if the vision tarries, wait for it, for surely 
it will come. So I know in my life, um, my greatest purpose is to love God back and to see God face to face. Uh, but then beyond that, I have specific purposes that I know in my gut that God has called me to. I remember the first moment of wonder in my life was when I was sitting on the beach and I saw how beautiful the waves were and how beautiful uh, the surf was and the sense of the infinity of the ocean and the eternity of the waves continuing to break. And my heart opened up to God. The next great moment of wonder when I was, was when I was in high school, uh, social studies class, and the sense of wonder opened up in my heart that someday I could be a father. And from that moment, I knew I was called to be a dad. And every decision I made, what par- I didn't go to parties. I worked two jobs. I got my college degree. I, I, you know, everything in my life became about that calling. And then there's other things in our lives that way may, may feel sense to be called to. Work hard to make enough money to buy a house for my family. Uh, uh, start a podcast. Go teach catechism classes. Uh, call my buddy on the phone every two weeks to make sure, you know, just to stay in touch. There's all these different things, but we need to learn to move on inspiration and then let God redirect our path to say, yeah, that's not quite it, but now that you're in motion, I can guide you. But we need to learn to have specific uh, vision and pursue it. When we come back, we'll be talking with Gerard Middleton, my good friend, Southern Baptist minister on his way to becoming a Catholic. He's going to RCIA. He was the chaplain for the Miami Hurricanes football and baseball teams in their national championship days. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak Adventure. It's time for Long Ride Home cast member Daniel the Boom Markham to ride herd on us and challenge us to man up. Stars. I think the first movie star I ever met was Paul Newman. Met several others since. Not too enamored by most of them. After all, they're just folks like the rest of us when you get right down to it. Excepting for those self-centered ones called divas or the male version called divos. It's a real word. Look it up. Strange word, diva, means a female deity. Hmm. Now I could go somewhere with that, but I'll resist and saunter on back to my main train of thought. It was back in 96, may have been 97, when I was executive director of a pioneering sustainable development outfit called the Willapaw Alliance. Mr. Newman flew onto the Willapaw Bay in a large four-engine seaplane then transported by an oyster dredge to the port of Nakata, where a bunch of us met up at a local oysterman's home. Decent man, that Paul Newman, famous for roles in such movies as Cool Hand Luke and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. 
He was a real star to me, not because of being a movie star, but because of what he did with his fame and fortune. Much of it, some 500 million, has gone to needy children and to providing sustainable drinking solutions around the world for the destitute. It seems to me anyone is a star who takes her or his life and makes something of it for others. You may say, well, I'm just a mom. Well, shoot darn, that's more important than most things I can think of. Besides, it seems to me that moms get more good done in the world than any other gaggle of folks. So whatever your role, use it to help others along the path of life. That'll make you a star in God's eyes and those you serve. This is Daniel the Boone Markham at DanielTheBooneMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven. Aloha and welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. I have with me a friend of mine uh, who actually is an adventure guide too. He leads adventure tours out into the wilderness uh, with stand-up paddling uh, in, the, in the wilderness around here in Cocoa Beach on the rivers taking people out bioluminescent surfing. Uh, his company is sobesurf.com. And he's, uh, he's the brother that stands beside me in ministry more than anybody else, or I should say more than anybody else. There's men like Jason Jones and others too. But he stands beside me, and uh, we minister together. We speak at conferences together. And uh, he, he's my friend. He has this, he has this shepherd's heart. Uh, when we go out to eat, a bunch of us go out to eat, it's always Gerard that prays for us because he just always seems to have, in his prayers, he always seems to have a message. And uh, we're talking with Gerard Middleton because I want to talk specifically because I, I focus on evangelization, praying, seeking God, abandoning yourself to God's will. But once you get an inspiration of what God's will is, I mean, even an inkling, pray it in and begin to move. Uh, it's so hard to steer a, tie, a car back in the days when it didn't have power steering to turn the wheel until it started moving. Once you start moving uh, on inspiration, God can say, you know what, that, wasn't, that was the pizza you ate last night. That wasn't me. And you learn, okay, that's not God's voice. And you begin to learn, okay, but this is God's voice. And then he, began, he can begin to direct your paths more. I know for me in ministry, almost on a weekly basis, a, a brick wall is presented to me, and I just get to keep walking right through it, and then it disappears because I know God, God has a vision and a plan, and I'm just going to keep being faithful to him. So we're talking to Gerard more about that, that concept of, of really pursuing a goal and the championship diet. I know I met with Christian Okoya, the Nigerian nightmare. I took him out surfing, you know, uh, taught him to surf in Hawaii. And he was ripped. This is after he was retired. And I said, how you stay in such good shape? He says, I have an appointment with God every day. You know, he's a disciplined man. I mean, he said, I have an appoint appointment at the gym every day. So he's a disciple. He's a disciplined man. Talk to us about that, Gerard. I know God's really put a message on your heart in that area. Yeah, I mean, talk about identifying your purpose. It's not, yes. not in a big way. And uh, then, and then pursue. Love God, you know, but yeah. a specific, when I say purpose, uh, there may be better words for it, but I'm talking about your, you know, in your life. And it's not this mystical thing where you're God, if you pray hard enough, all of a sudden, boom, God shows you, or here's this thing. But, I think it's more of you're being God's will. You be in touch with Him. You you meditate on His Word and pray. Pray for others. Pray, you know, stay in the Spirit as much as you you can. And then, you know, examine what God has already given you. I mean, it's, sometimes it's more obvious than you think. Right what on. You, yeah. What are you naturally good at? What are, What are you 
what were you born gifted at? And as and as a believer, God gives you more gifts, but what what are you naturally just good at? And then what what look at your life experience so far. What what is that? Your failures and successes. You learn more from your failures than you do your successes. What has that prepared you to do greatly? You know, to be great at uh, your education. What are, what are you educated to do? You know, or or that may be something you can get in order to to be good, be great at whatever you have that desire. So what do you have opportunity for? What does God get put in front of you? You know, um, that's where you start. Not, man, I was, why is God's will so hard to find? It's not. It's not. He's not hiding it from you until you sweat hard enough. So just rest in the Lord. You know, sit down with Christ at the right hand of God. You know, relax. And pray and enjoy the Lord and and learn what the Bible says about you, about what God wants to do for you. And then and then uh, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I could go two ways. He can show you what your desires of your heart or place those in you or the desires you just naturally have. Man, if I could do anything in the world, I'd be doing this. Well, delight yourself in the Lord, and guess what? With God, all things are possible. You know, that verse, uh, Gerard, means so much to me. Delight yourself in the Lord. In fact, I was thinking about it before you mentioned it. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So it says he'll put a new heart within us. He'll put new desires in our hearts. To replace the old bad desires, too, by the way. He'll give us uh, the desires of our heart. He plants these new and right desires within us. And then not only does he, when you delight yourself in the Lord, does he not just give you the desires of your heart, he gives you new and right desires. But then he gives you those desires. He brings them to you. But uh, it's like we need to pursue them. We need to, uh, you know, mm. for me, like when we do our, a long ride home, uh, we're working on it right now, season two, we have, a, we have a progressive plan of action. We know every day where we need to be to get to that goal. We know that we have to deliver it to the network on August 17th. And from that date, we, we, you know, I've, I've coached people who start new businesses, and I tell them, and a lot of times I'm the one who, who prompts them to do it. I remember I worked with one doctor, and I said, he said, I always thought I should start my own practice. Well, what's stopping you from doing it? Well, da-da-da. Well, go on this. Get here, I pulled out a calendar that had my desk. I said, what day are you going to start your new business? And I actually took a red highlighter, circled that date, and gave him that calendar. And he opened his business that day six months later. Uh, so so um, there is this sense of, of, of starting with the end in mind, uh, setting that date that we're delivering the, the, the season, and then backing up every week where do we need to be. And then we actually back it up to every day what do we need to do. And then in some cases there's six or seven or eight times a week where we have specific hours that we need to meet certain things. Uh, if you don't have a plan, you're, you're, you're going to end up exactly, you're gonna, you don't know where you're going to end up. You need to have a, but, but to, set, to set a goal for, for a, an achievement that God's calling you to do. Um, mm -hmm. Lead me to the rock too high to climb, and I will climb it. By thee I can crush a troop. By thee I can leap a wall. By thee I can bend a bow of bronze. If you're a man and you're not challenging yourself with, um, with a, a goal that is bigger than you can accomplish, uh, in other words, if you have a goal right now that uh, I'm going to go down and have breakfast on Tuesday, that's not a goal. 
But if you have something that challenges you to grow as a person, to grow into that vision, if you have something that's a big enough goal where it requires a partnership with God, that's a goal worth having. Something that causes you to grow, something that is beneficial to you and those people around you, and something that causes you to walk in partnership with God and make it a noble cause. Amen. That's right. Yeah, that makes life worth living. I mean, you get excited. People misunderstand God a lot, thinking, well, if I yield to God's will, I'm going to be miserable, but at least I'll be sacrificing for God. That's a total misconception of God, period. I mean, he wants us to be as fulfilled, more fulfilled than we could possibly do on our own. And as we delight ourselves in the Lord, prayer, meditate on Scripture, be involved in church, uh, and, and try to be champions, try to be great for the rest of our days, uh, great dads, great husbands, great, great fathers, great at our job, at our business, great uh, deacon at church or, or servant at church or teacher, great, great at everything for the rest of our days. Uh, then life becomes really enjoyable and exciting and fulfilling. Um, and then that's why it's so important to meditate on God's word because you start to think correctly about God and start to get excited and start to experience the, the power of, of the spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in us. Amen. You know, you know Gerard, it's like, it's like um, the key to freedom— I'm talking to those young men out there especially. The key to freedom is discipline. It seems contradictory, doesn't it? You think mm. the key to freedom would be to just hang loose and do whatever you want. If you hang loose and do whatever you want, you eventually end up in bondage. You don't have mm. a good job. You don't have a good place to live. You don't mm. have any, you know. The key to freedom is to mm. be disciplined. To be a disciple of Christ is a great freedom to be disciplined in our lives, to, to set specific goals. I know one, winning my world titles, I, 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 you know, I set a goal to win a world title, but big deal. But then when I set a goal to train for two and a half hours every day, to do five, three days a week of flexibility training, to, to eat a healthy regimen, uh, those, are, those are the things I can control. I can't control whether I win or lose a world title, but I can control these daily this daily regimen of a champion. And men respond to the call to heroic virtue. Men want to be challenged to greatness, and we are all called to greatness. That man out there, and I'm one of them right now. I was sick for four months. I gained about 15 pounds in the last four months. Time for me to get disciplined and lose it. Those men out there that need to lose weight, uh, get on a high-protein, low-carb diet, get the weight off, start exercising. Those men now I'm speaking to that are nearing the retirement age, what are you thinking that you're just going to retire the rest of your day and do nothing? This is your chance to have your greatest impact, to teach catechism classes, to lead youth groups, to lead men's conferences, to talk, to, to share the gospel, to, to minister to your children. We've run out of time. i got to say goodbye to Gerard Middleton at SobeSurf.com, and i got to let you guys know I'm supposed to tell you, go to my website, DeepAdventure.com, buy all my books, buy our Long Ride Home gear, don't forget to watch Long Ride Home on EWTN. It'll be coming out soon. Uh, we have it on DVDs on our website. So join us at deepadventure.com. And we're taking a uh, pilgrimage uh, May 2019 to all the places uh, St. Paul went. 
and we're going to go to the island of Patmos where the Revelations was written. And then we're going to sneak over on a cruise, a few, day, few days on a cruise, to uh, Patmos, Mykonos, and Santorini, that beautiful island of Santorini. Uh, we'll be back next week. This is Bear Wozniak. Aloha, Gerard. Aloha, brother. See you in the water. Ahuiho. Aloha. Viva Cristo Rey. You've been listening to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Go to bearwozniak.com to get your free audio and other exciting content. Plus, you can pick up the Long Ride Home 10-episode DVD set, autographed copies of Bear's books, Long Ride Home shirts, tanks, coffee cups, and even motorcycle pins and patches. And find out how guys can sign up for Bear's Man Cave online Facebook group, all at bearwozniak.com. 